What's going on, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Post Game Report Podcast. I am JVB. So I want to talk a little bit about the video game community. Now, when I started podcasting, I was heavy into the community. I was really involved in the Xbox community. And when I say I was involved, I was like the guy that knew everybody. And that is no exaggeration. I basically was the guy whenever there was some type of beef, I was the one to literally call the people involved and try to come to a solution. Now, why did I do that? Well, I figured because the industry was beginning to boom and because people that were heavily involved in, in video games, right? Fans of video games. I felt like we had a bad name. We were known as basement dwellers and, you know, living in our, you know, living with our parents and having pimples and being fat. You know, we had a, we had a stick, uh, not a stigma, but when people thought of gamers, there was a perception. And so being that I started all this in my early 30s, it was even tougher because when I told people that I was doing something called podcasting, number one, I had to explain what a podcast was. And then I would hear, cool, what are you talking about? I'm talking about video games. Why would you talk about video games? You're in your 30s. And my answer would be, it doesn't matter how old I am. You're never too old to play video games. And then a, a, a funny look would, would uh, proceed. So I had to deal with that. Now, podcasting, the word podcasting is, you know, self-explanatory now. Everybody has a podcast. Celebrities have podcasts. Big corporations have podcasts. But try explaining to people that you work with that you are a 30-year-old person, a 30-year-old man still playing video games and talking about video games every week with a bunch of people on the internet. And then taking vacation days so you can attend events centered around video games. So as funny as that might sound, that was really tough to deal with because I'm from the Bronx, Bronx, New York, born and raised. And when people used to give me these uh, snarky remarks or look at me funny, my first instinct was to approach them like, why are you looking at me like that? Or why are you talking to me that way? But I had, to, I had to ignore it because it was something new. Podcasting and a video game community was something new. Like video gamers, we were in our own universe. We either had forums that we can hide and be amongst each other. Or we had places like Funko Land where we can meet up and you could to totally talk with, you know, different strangers who appreciated the same things that you appreciated 
Or simply you stood amongst your friends and talked trash about your favorite games or console. But when a service like Xbox Live came around, specifically during the Xbox 360 era, I found an opportunity to be dead center in the growth of the community you see now. And being that I was one of the first video game podcast uh, podcasters, I wasn't the first, but I was right there. And be, having that experience, having, having to say that is, a, is an honor somewhat, I guess, you know, <laughs> it, it, it has given me my heyday. You know, I, I did have access that a lot of people didn't have. I did get free shit that a lot of people didn't, couldn't get or to this day can't ever get. I met people within the industry that people will never meet. And so I had my heyday. You know, I, I would walk into a into a into an event and people would recognize my voice. I mean, having that is like crazy. Having somebody recognize your voice. And of course this, this is pertaining to video games and people who listen to podcasts. So having that really boost your ego and I'm human. So, you know, there were times where I, you know, my head got a little swollen, but I never treated anyone as if I was some type of celebrity. I never was like that. And, you know, there are people who still appreciate what I do, but I still remain the same person you would know if you had met me in real life. So I am proud of what I've achieved throughout the years within the community. Now I'm not involved. It's been years since I've been involved with the community, uh, mainly building communities. So just to give you a little history lesson, I was building communities when I worked with Xbox Circle. Uh, let me see, uh, of course, talking about games.com, Podtacular, CTAG, all of those sites, I was responsible for building a community. Now, with Potacular, the community was there already. And I learned a lot from Fumo Jive, Spellcheck, and the rest of that crew on how to build a community. And then also, I was part of a clan. Now, you know, online video game clans, they're not a, a big thing anymore, but I was part of a uh, Rainbow Six, uh, I believe it was Rainbow Six Three for the Xbox. I was in a clan called Old Soldiers, and because it was, you know, we call these each other Old Soldiers because all of us were in our thirties or older, so we called each other Old Soldiers. And guess what? I was in charge of the clan, and I helped build the community for that. And because of that, I was always the one who was the middleman. And this is something that has followed me throughout my life. I was always the one person who would know a secret about somebody and then know a secret about somebody else. And then those two people would hate each other and somehow talk to me because I know both of them. But I never 
revealed what one person said about the other. I never revealed the secrets that they entrusted in me. And I've always been like that. It's a funny story. I remember uh, being on Halo 2. And with Halo 2, I believe you, you can have like a 20-person party chat or something crazy like that. And I remember it was me and a friend of mine. Now, we're, you know, to this day, we're still friends. She goes by the name of Dahlia Dark. And we would bump into each other on Xbox Live here and there. So she's like, a, well, she used to be like one of those pinup models as well. And so lo and behold, one day this party chat starts emptying out and it's uh, Dahlia Dark and myself. And right when I was about to sign out, she starts talking to me. And she starts talking to me about stuff that's going on in her life. And I'm just listening and I'm, you know, trying to give advice uh, to somebody I really don't know. So all of a sudden she stops and she starts laughing. She goes, I cannot believe I am pouring myself, my heart out to somebody I met on Halo. And so we start laughing and she goes, but there's something about you that is really comforting and it's as weird as it sounds, I trust you, which is weird to hear on the internet. But nowadays, everybody bases their relationships on the internet. So ever since that day, we've been friends and we've had phone conversations about personal things and life changing situations that happen to us. And so those type of things are a rarity. But that's how I was when the community, especially the Xbox community, was beginning to form. And I would be the guy who would call people and say, what's going on? Why are you beefing with this guy? And we would settle things out. I remember one time, the only time I was going to go, well, the first time I was going to go to PAX West. And this is the big PAX that everybody went to. Now, during that time, I was, I was interviewed for a job with the Xbox team. There was a community team for Xbox. And I was one of the people that was interviewed. And so I felt like, okay, if I go to this PAX, I will be uh, with the, the Xbox team. And they could see in person how I interact with the community. That, that was my uh thinking process at the time uh so there was a beef between two podcasters and one of them is actually still podcasting now this individual has throughout the years has always had beef with people for some reason but he and i were friends at the time really close friends and so i called the other individual because i knew him as well and I said, what's going on? We start talking. By chance, it, it's, it so happened to be that he and I were arriving at Seattle at the same airport at the same time. So we decided, let's take a cab, let's split the, the, the tab, and then we're going to meet this individual, and we're going to talk, the three of us. So the dude that I was talking to was like, JVB, Whatever you do, remember, I have no beef with you. 
I said, no, I'm here to be the mediator. This way, we get this out of the way. We do it early so everybody can enjoy PAX. Unfortunately, I couldn't make it. My plane was, uh, actually, I got there late or some shit, and my plane, yeah, they didn't let me in. Uh, actually, I was on standby. My brother used to work at the airport, so I was on standby. So they had no room. That's what it was. And so they told me, wait about three more hours, and you can head over to Seattle. But uh, at the time, I was really stubborn, and I was like, you know what? If I can't go now, I'm not going. So I wind up not going. And I wound up not getting a job. And part of me blames the fact that I didn't go to Seattle to kind of do this, you know, uh, uh, an impromptu type interview or demonstration of my abilities within the community, stuff like that. Even though I knew the people at the Xbox community team, but I just I just felt like I had to be there. And I always felt like because I didn't go that was one of the reasons why I wasn't hired. Now, I found out that someone who was supposed to leave decided to stay, and that's why I did not replace the individual. So, but I busted my, you know, I, I kicked myself in the ass for it, uh, but for nothing, of course. But anyway, I am getting to a point, <laughs> but I like sharing these stories. So as years went on and, and I started working with uh, TalkingAboutGames.com and we had a great community there, of uh, uh, freaking busy forums. I was, uh, I was always the one giving, uh, doing the giveaways. We had a team and everybody had a responsibility. And my responsibility was the community. And we even, and I'm talking about PGR, the Post Game Report, we created a podcast so that community members who wanted to get into podcasting can try it out. And then we were going to pick out of the group of people. We were going to pick a certain number. And eventually we decided that everybody who participated was going to be part of a podcast. And so we created two extra podcasts just for the community. And that went on for years. As a matter of fact, a lot of people have come and gone through either talkingaboutgames.com or the postgame report. If you look back at episodes of the postgame report, you will hear people who have been on the show who are still working in the community, uh, not in the community, in the industry. So a lot of people have come and gone through this podcast, mostly as guests, some as co-hosts, but there's a lot of familiar names in older episodes of PGR. And I remember one of the biggest honors for me personally was being at, at the Halo 3 launch event. And, they, and Microsoft flew me over there. The Xbox team flew me. As a matter of fact, it, was, it wasn't just me. It was a bunch of community members, but I was one of them, right? So I remember having a conversation with one of the... In, uh, guys who worked on the uh, at the Xbox team and I remember him saying JVB you are one of the pioneers of this community remember that um, and I, I remember being so honored because believe it or not I mean as much as I trashed the Xbox brand 
I'm mainly trashing the management for Xbox and how they approach the entire ecosystem and well not the ecosystem the ecosystem is is Microsoft as a whole but and, and remember I own Microsoft stock but the brand used to be something special for me so to see how it is now it's really upsetting so I remember when this individual I'm not going to name drop he told me that and I was like holy shit you know that's one of the biggest honors from somebody I truly respect and that's when I was like, all right, you know, I, I couldn't get the job with them, but that's pretty close. And they used to send me review copies. They used to send me hardware. They used to ask me to go to cover events. I remember one time they called me up and they were like, yo, you want to go to EA Tiburon in Tampa? No, I, I believe they're in Orlando or something. They're in Florida. And I remember one of the individuals from the Xbox team, he calls me up. He goes, dude, we're going to be at this EA event. We're going to preview NCAA and a golf game, Tiger Woods. I forgot what year. And I was like, sure, I'll go. So I drove from Fort Lauderdale and I met them there. We had dinner. We hung out. I even have pictures on the internet about, of this. And I remember them inviting me to preview. As a matter of fact, I was just supposed to preview the NCAA game. And once, the, once that preview was over with, they asked me, Hey, do you want to stay and, and do the golf uh, coverage? tomorrow so they got me a room last minute they got me a hotel room and the next day i was back at ea tiburon and the community manager well i don't i don't know if he was necessarily community manager but the gentleman who was like in charge of relations or something he tells me yo i know you're a podcaster do you want to interview the development team and I was like, sure, when? They were like, no, now. We have a, a microphone. We have a snowball microphone. We could set it up. I was like, sure. So I did an impromptu interview with the development team, sat down. I had no questions. Everything was off the top of my head. And after the interview was done, they were like, holy shit, you pulled this off. We saw you in action. That was pretty amazing that you had no script, you had no questions, and everything just flowed, and the development team was super comfortable talking to you. And thank you very much. You know, of course, I got free copies when, it, when the game was, you know, available, stuff like that. And at times, they would invite me to test out other games. So I, have, I had a relationship with EA at one point, but I never abused it. I remember even having an interview, a job interview for uh, Saints Row to be a, the community manager for Saints Row, which is crazy. But there, there came a time when I decided, you know what, video games as a career, I, I, I don't. Actually, I worked for the ECA and I was their community managers for nearly three years. And 
there's a whole big story about what happened with that. And that, that actually led to uh, certain friendships, um, me breaking up or not being friends with certain people because there was a time when I was the community manager, you know, I actually had a video game industry job and, you know, it's crazy because when you see people, you know, on social media that you've known for years and you see how people act and of course, not everybody's going to agree. People are going to like what they like. That's what makes us special. That's what makes us individuals. But when you see someone that you consider your boy and you see them retweeting other people, but you notice a trend, you notice that they're retweeting industry people, people who are PR uh, representatives who have key roles for certain uh, publishers, for certain games. So you see how the process, and, and with me, I started noticing it right away. I started to see how how some of the people that I considered really close friends were approaching their, I guess, their business plan, which was fine. But the thing was, especially when I got my community job, and I, and because for years I was working towards getting an industry job, it was a, a dream of mine. And when the dream finally was here, none of them congratulated me, none of them called me, none of them said, yo, I'm proud of you, none of them retweeted it. You know, not that I was asking, but just as, hey man, we're your boys, we're proud of you. Because that's what I did all the time. Even when I wasn't necessarily friends with them anymore, I would, even as, you know, even to this day, sometimes I'll give them a like on something or retweet. And there were times when I wasn't talking to none of these people and I would just say, congratulations on this, congrats on that, that's awesome. Just a friend being a friend, but... That never happened. But I noticed those things, even though I didn't let that interfere with my friendship, but it was put away in the archives because I never forget shit like that. And leading up, even leading uh, before my community job, these people always had beef, man. <laughs> and it was crazy. And I was always, once again, I was always the person that people would call and say, oh, I got beef with this guy. I got beef with that. As a matter of fact, there used to be somebody who was on PGR all the time. And I had one dude call me from another podcast. Okay. His podcast is Married Gamers. And the dude called me because we were buddies. We were cool. He calls me up. He goes, JVB, I, you know, I respect you. I, I enjoy your podcast, but I cannot listen to your podcast if that guy is still there. And they had beef, of course. So I told him, I said, dude, I truly appreciate your honesty and I respect you as well. I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but I am not, I am not going to take out my friends because you don't like them. I'm sorry. It doesn't work that way. So he's like, I figured you were going to say that. No, no offense taken. I just want to let you know that, you know, 
I, I'm not going to, I can't be listening while he's still there. I'm sorry. I was like, okay. You know, I found it weird, but you know, just the fact that he was being honest, he was being upfront. I was like, all right, you know, no harm, no foul, dude. And we've talked through, you know, years after that with no problem. Lo and behold, this individual that was on the podcast that I defended numerous times because he wasn't, you know, the guy from the Married Gamers wasn't the only one who used to tell me, get that fucking guy off the podcast. After years of friendship and defending and sticking up for this person, he winds up working for the Married Gamers and just leaving, like leaving the site, leaving Tag and leaving PGR. Like, it was like, what? What happened? Like, where's the friendship? Where's the loyalty, you know? But even with that, I was like, all right, you know, hey, you know, wants to try something new. So, you know, good luck. And uh, hey, no, you know, no harm, no foul. That's my thing. No harm, no foul. But anyway, so yeah, after years of sticking up for these people uh, and, and sticking up for people, sticking up against, well, sticking up, speaking up, let me slow down here, speaking up for these people against other friends of mine. And then there came a time where with ECA, we were, um, I, I was in charge of all the social media uh, accounts for the ECA. And I'm talking about tens of thousands of people, right? So I was doing giveaways. I was, once again, building a community with the ECA, right? I built the community. I was really active. I was the both accounts, Facebook, Twitter. We had contests, giveaways, all kind of shit. That was all me. One day, the my, my boss tells me, hey, you know this individual, and I'm not going to say names. He's a somewhat controversial uh, individual, friend of mine. He carries, little hint, he carries around a wrestling belt. So uh, she asked me, hey, you know, he, he volunteered to wear some of our gear on one of his streams. And so maybe we should uh, make an announcement that, you know, he's going to, he's an influencer, not an influencer, but, uh, and it wasn't a partnership. It was just him volunteering, but we made, we put a little post about it. Lo and behold, and this is how, and this is a long point. I was trying to get to a point and it took forever. So this is going to lead up to my point. So this was like the downfall of a lot of friendships that I used to have. People didn't like this individual that we were doing this announcement for. And so they took it upon themselves. And I'm talking about people who work in the industry, journalists, community managers, other podcasters, right? They took this opportunity to bash the ECA and to bash this individual that we had this little collaboration with. And that's basically what it was, a collaboration. So of course, I had to handle all this while I was at work fixing elevators for New York Housing Authority. My phone was fucking going off the hook with notifications 
people texting me like, holy shit, what's going on with ECA? And it was, it got out of control. And I was like, man, this is how it feels for those people who get roasted, who do something crazy where social media gangs up on them. And it's a dangerous thing and it's not a good feeling. Even though I didn't own the ECA, but I was the community manager. So I had to handle this. And so the first thing we did was have a call uh, with the ECA, you know, the people, me and the rest of the team. And we decided, okay, we're going to stick with this collaboration. We're not going to give in. We're not going to cancel this collaboration with this individual because people were demanding that we, we do not collaborate with this individual or else they were telling us, Hey, if you don't, if you don't like cancel this collaboration, we're going to screw you. Now we're talking about people from Polygon, people from, uh, I think it was Engadget, uh, journalists who preview video games. And there was an issue where, at a preview event, the individual that we were doing the collaboration with and some journalists got into it, some cursing went on, and so they were using that as a way to get back at him. But they were using us. So some of these assholes, and some of them I will never, never if I ever meet them, I actually, I think I almost, I think I did meet one guy. As a matter of fact, Adam Gase or something, Geese, I don't know. So he, I remember he was one of the louder ones and they were like, cancel ECA. Let's, you know, let's, this was before the cancel culture. <laughs> and it was like, yo, you know, if you're a member of the ECA, cancel your subscription. They, they don't belong. Uh, and, and with ECA, we were, we were actually like, the soldiers in the front line defending the rights of video gamers, like the, the rights of the industry, like fighting the, for example, SOPA and PIPA when the government wanted to somewhat regulate the internet and it was going to like kill streamers and, 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 uh, basically limit like the type of stuff we can do on YouTube. We were there, like we were sending lobbyists to, to, to like hearings and shit, you know? So we were, I was, well, I was constantly giving out information to people all over the internet, gamers all over the internet and providing, you know, basically educating people. Like we must vote against this shit, against this ruling against any of this uh, political, uh, I'm trying to find the right word, but basically because they were using this internet because the internet and streaming and everything was still new. Not new in the sense where the people weren't using it, but streaming wasn't as huge as it is now and people were getting into it. People were starting to really find a niche People were starting to make money and, and e-gaming was starting to become big and this was going to hamper this. So anyway, we were in the forefront, right? We were like your defense force. So when, and I'm telling you, thousands of tweets, like in minutes, I'm telling you, it was crazy. Some of the guys 
while most of the guys on PGR were defending us, right? Because they knew I was the guy tweeting back at people trying to, you know, make peace and trying to get some type of, I was basically trying to hear their side and try to be the middleman, defuse the situation. And so my friends were like retweeting ECA and, and saying, hey, ECA is not at fault at this, you know. But there was a group of friends that I used to defend who called me my friend, you know, who called me a brother. They were fucking quiet. They were nowhere to be found. They were just watching from the bleachers and maybe even enjoying it. None of them got involved. Why? Because had they gotten involved and defended the ECA, chances are they might have spoiled a relationship with these PR and journalist people. So they stood quiet. So I didn't mention nothing. I was really disappointed. I was really disappointed. But once again, I put it in the back of the archives. And I say, you know what? I won't ever forget it. But no harm, no foul. Then one day, we got a new writer for TalkingAboutGames.com. And he wanted to write an opinion piece about the Xbox One. Now, if you remember, with Golf Rat and myself, the day the Xbox One launched, we pointed out some critical uh, things that were missing And some of the features that were available on the Xbox One, but were not up to par to what the 360 was. And we got fucking hammered, not drinking wise, but hammered by people who were from our community, who were friends of ours. They were like, yo, what's up with the, you know, the troll bait and what's, what are you guys doing? Why are you criticizing this console? And it just came out, right? Lo and behold, the stuff that we critiqued, Xbox eventually changed, you know, not because of us, but hey, it was obvious, right? So this new writer said, I'm going to make an opinion piece. I want you to read it first. And the title of the opinion piece was the Xbox One is not worth it right now. And it was totally something I agree with, obviously. So when we posted it, one of these uh, one of these guys who, you know, used to call me a friend and I used to call him a friend sends me a tweet publicly and says really like out of the blue, like really out of character almost. And this tweet was like, really the tone was like the, you know, this guy was upset because we put this opinion piece and he was like, Ah, oh, putting clickbait titles just for clicks. This ain't you. You guys are better than this. And I was like, it's an opinion piece. Why would I tell my writer what he needs to write? It's an opinion piece. That's what we base our staff on is them writing something that they feel strongly about. And as long as it's not racist, or bigot, you know, any type of bigot messaging, uh, you know, putting down women or anything like that, as long as it's about video games and it's, and it has substance behind their opinion, I'm going to let them post it. So he says, good luck with your site. And then all of a sudden, like a lot of people do on Twitter, 
they will they will retweet, especially if they have a, a you know a few thousand followers. They will retweet and then say something to make it look like they will quote it, so that their followers can also jump in with their own commentary, and that's what started happening. People started to respond to this, and then other people that I considered really close friends of mine were attacking us too, like out of the blue, like, oh my God, you guys are, you know, I'm sick and tired of, of you guys and your, your bashing of the Xbox and, and your clickbait and your, your toxic behavior. And it was like, where's this shit coming from? And why are you guys doing this? And so all of a sudden, like people we didn't know, like I'm talking about hundreds of responses, just attacking tag. Meanwhile, they were nowhere to be found. It was as if they were like, all right, sick them. And once the avalanche began to take momentum, they took a step back and they were like, all right, let's watch from the bleachers again. So that I could not forgive because that was like, hey, you could have easily text me or called me like we used to do or if not send me a private dm and ask me hey why are you putting this you know maybe you should take it down right you didn't have to make it public to your eight thousand followers or whatever and then have them chiming in and attacking us then it was a whole nother situation where there was a code given to us but it was for somebody else who was no longer part of the website and one of the current staff members took it and there was a whole mess with that. But then they were calling me out as if I'm the one who stole it and saying that everybody in PGR are a bunch of thieves and can't be trusted. And remember, these people have thousands of followers. So people were just hounding us. And then people who we thought were really cool with us all of a sudden we're like throwing out these feelings and one dude was even calling me names and i'm like dude you're really gonna be on twitter calling me names there's there's nothing i can do to you and nothing you can do to me so if you don't like me just block me and say sayonara but you trying to play tough guy really ain't doing anything for neither one of us because it's funny as fuck and if I ever see you at an event, then things are going to change. But as actually, there was uh, really quick. Let me rewind really fast, and I'll, I'll end this soon. This has gone on a lot fucking <laughs> longer than I expected, but I'm just shooting this shit with you guys. So, man, I, I, I wish I remember the podcast. And uh, it was two guys who used to podcast. And one, one of the guys, I think he still works for Polygon, Adam Geese or something, right? Ball-headed guy. He thinks he's tough shit. And I, as I stated, he was like in the forefront, like leading the charge against the ECA. And I remember seeing him at PAX East and I fucking stared him down. Like I stared him down. And I remember because his partner was really cool. His podcast partner was a Mexican guy. I forgot his fucking name. So he and I were talking and here comes this guy, the ball head geese or whatever. And he's like, what's up? And he didn't know who I was. So I fucking stare at him. And I'm like, you know, I tell him, hey, you know, um, 
I, I'm the ECA community manager, and he just fucking stares down on the floor. <laughs> I remember I was like ready. And there was another guy who I saw there, and I was like, oh, man, I have the opportunity. But you know what? You know, no harm, no foul. So I let things go. But anyway, so fast forward to today, right? In the last few weeks, because, you know, it's, you know, Hispanic Heritage Month. And so there has been this, a spotlight put on Latino content creators. Some people say Latinx content creators, right? I say Latin content creators, you know. So kind of funny games with Greg Miller, who used to be with IGN. And then IGN themselves, they have had Latin content creators on their show, interviewing them, highlighting content creators who are Latin. And, you know, even though I don't let shit like this get to me, but the fact that the same Latinos or the same Latin creators, Latin content creators are being featured on multiple sites and podcasts leads me to believe and one of the, and a few of these people are actually actually one of these one of the individuals who has been featured in multiple podcasts is one of the people I was talking about who was quote unquote my brother so this individual knows I still podcast I still put YouTube videos I still do photography so the fact that they were IGN and Greg Miller and them showcasing and, and trying to give a positive spotlight and, you know, and God bless the ones that were on these podcasts and, and getting some, some love from these bigger websites, these bigger podcasts, you know, I'm proud of that because, you know, there's a lot of talented Latinos or Latin content creators on the internet. But as someone who goes way fucking back with the original Xbox and one of the, and one of the pioneers straight out of Xbox, you know, somebody who worked for Xbox straight out of his mouth, who was uh, the pioneer of this video game community that is currently going on for me to be left out is just another indication or, or more proof that this little tight-knit group of individuals who know each other and constantly share all the resources with each other are still doing the same thing because these people know that there are more Latin community members who are creating content for many, many fucking years. And there aren't many Latin content creators who has been around longer than me. And has done more for the community and for the industry than I have. And I felt a little slighted when I wasn't uh, contacted to be on Kind of Funny or IGN as, you know, to be featured as a Latin content creator. Because, hey, I've been around longer than 99% of those people who were featured. And I was like, holy sh... And, and, and one of them actually, I remember her when she was trying to get into the industry. So it's kind of funny. Well, no pun intended, you know, 
on the one hand, I am proud of the people that were featured. And on the other hand, there are those who are, hmm, how can I put this without sounding salty? There are one or two people that were featured that are somehow featured in all of the shows who who had claimed to be, you know, my people that could have easily been like, oh, you know, there's this, you know, a group of individuals who have been around a lot longer than these other content creators and have done more for the community and the industry than these content creators. And uh, I just, I am very confident that it was done on purpose. So it's just further proof that, you know, when... When there's a, and, and the story of the ECA proves it, when one journalist or one PR person or one, you know, big YouTuber or podcaster who is connected in the industry has an issue with one person, they're going to make sure that all of their contacts fully understand or are made fully aware of that individual. As a matter of fact, PGR, a lot of us, Believe it or not, there was a big journalist who had made a block list years ago on Twitter, and I was in that shit. <laughs> so it was Derek, so were a bunch of people on PGR, which is crazy because we never had interactions with this individual. So how do they get, you know, how does our name get in there? Well, when you look at the history of that individual and the people they've interacted with on their Twitter timeline, you see familiar names. You see people that I know that I called brother. You see that they know them. So there's no coincidence. It's just a fact that when you're blacklisted, you know, when you're blacklisted, no matter how long you're blacklisted, it's always going to follow you. And luckily, I don't live my life trying to gain internet fame. As I stated, I had my time and I, I enjoyed the experience that I had. I enjoyed the luxuries and the popularity that I had. Now it's time for other people to get there, you know, but I'm still going to do my thing and I'm still going to help people out and I'm still going to enjoy podcasting. So hopefully you guys who are still paying attention to this episode, you guys enjoy this episode. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, you guys know I'm dealing with a head injury. So maybe me opening up is part of that head, in, you know. The, the, the side effects of what's going on. Even with that, even with that, let me, let me just point that out. Even knowing that I've been dealing with this head injury, none of those dudes that once called me buddy, brother or whatever, none of them have fucking contacted me, contacted me to see how I'm doing. None of them. But as soon as somebody who works for Ubisoft or something, they put a picture of a toasted bagel those same motherfuckers are retweeting it and laughing and praising the fucking bagel. <laughs> you know, like, oh my God, you buttered it so nicely. It's amazing. So you see the hypocrisy. And uh, those are the things I notice. Those are the things that bother me. And for me, when I call somebody a friend, I'm very loyal. I might not like the guys on PGR. We don't talk all the time. We chat a lot on text. I don't talk to them as much as I used to, but those are my boys. I'm very loyal to them. The moment I see they're not loyal to me, then, you know, it's time for us to talk. But once I, once I call somebody a friend, 
I'm a friend for life. And I don't call many people friends. So these people, these individuals that have, you know, uh, blacklisted me, that really uh, weren't there for me when I needed them, I called them friends, man. I called them brothers. And so, yeah, it hurts. It hurts. But, uh, you know, you live and you learn, you know. So no harm, no foul. But anyway, I'm JVB. Talk to you later.